You're listening to the Lead to Think podcast, a podcast that brings together and inspires small business owners in the salon, spa, and fitness space to be empowered in their everyday decision-making. My name is Lauren Gish. I'm best known for being a coach and strategist in small business. I'm also a salon owner in Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about key strategies to keep you from being overworked, overwhelmed, and drowning in debt to being rested in control of your business and more than profitable. I'll be sitting down with industry experts and business owners that are just like you to discuss the lessons they've learned and the strategy that's helped them build and survive the roller coaster that is small business. So I want to welcome everyone to this week's episode, and I'm really, really excited to introduce you to some friends that I've known for a long time. Frank was actually the MC of my wedding, (laughs) and his wife I've known since junior high. So we go way back. Frank, would you go ahead and introduce where you are in your life now? Yeah. So my name is Frank Zito and I'm a salon partner and I'm our director of operations for a multi-location salon business that we have. It's called 10 Friends Blow Drying Style House. And uh, we are a blow drying style house. We're a specialty salon. So we don't cut hair. We don't color hair. Uh, Blowouts, that's our thing. And we other do other ancillary services. So like updos, braids, makeup, lash brows. We uh, have our liquor license. So we sell uh, oh, nice. wine by the glass. Oh, yeah. And so uh, just, you know, not to sound cliche, but that affordable luxury experience. So we have three locations here in the Chicagoland area in downtown Hinsdale, Naperville, and Deer Park, which is near Barrington. And about seven, eight months ago, right before uh, Rona happened, we launched our franchise program. So I'm also our director of franchise development, and we had franchise partners uh, ready to go. We were going to open up in Salt Lake City, Fishers, Indianapolis area, and then this happened. So we're, we've kind of taken a step back uh, from franchising. We know we'll do it, but we're just taking a step back, and it's allowed us to focus on our bridal business, actually. That's something that Lindsay is really... Uh, spearheaded my wife Lindsay she spearheaded that and it's just been pretty incredible to kind of redefine uh, and reevaluate some things in our business structure so mm-hmm. so yeah that's that's kind of where we are right now that's awesome so how between all your locations how many staff people do you have or what's your average staff per yeah. location yeah this is great great question so we had it's so interesting. It's like BCAD. It's like before Corona and now it's something after Corona. BCAD. Mid-Corona? I don't know. Mid-Corona. Yeah, I like that. So before Corona, we had uh, about 24 staff members. Each location has 10 chairs. Everybody asks like, who are the 10 friends? We're like, no, it's just three of us. (laughs) But uh, we have 10 chairs. The, The idea for us, so I'll kind of back up a bit. So dry bar they were the ones who started this model and for a while did it really well i mean gosh they have 100 locations you know uh, very well known product line they brand like nobody's business they're great with branding and marketing but we still felt that there was an opportunity from a hospitality standpoint and that wasn't really being serviced in our area and Lindsay and i talk about this all the time you know the difference between customer service and hospitality 
And there is a difference, you know, customer service is how you treat someone, but hospitality, that's, that's how you make someone feel. And that's, what's memorable. That's what kind of hangs on. And uh, that's what we wanted to, we wanted to focus on that. And so there weren't any blow dry salons in our areas. So we didn't want to be just another full service salon. For example, in Hinsdale, there are 32 full service salons in a three mile radius of us. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's insane. And granted, yes, there's there's plenty to go around, but whoa, it was like, why are we going to be, you know, one of many when we can really start a brand? Which is why we decided on the blow dry model. But uh, each location um, has about uh, seven stylists, seven to eight stylists. Uh, our managers in each location are also hairdressers. So that gives them the opportunity when myself or Lindsay, uh, our owner, Kathy, you know, we run the front desk to open their chair and then they can take clients as well before Corona. For example, our Hinsdale location, we'd see anywhere from like 900 to 1200 clients a month. Oh yeah. Oh, gangbusters. Our membership program, we had like 230 members at our Hinsdale location all before Corona. Now, when Corona happened, and I, I know a lot of people listening, they can relate to this on maybe multiple mm-hmm. levels. Yeah, I'm really thankful you're talking about it. Yeah. So before Corona, we were just like, you know, we were grooving, baby. It was like, wow, this is awesome. Every year we were increasing our net profit by like six to eight percent, which was Good. like, oh, yeah. And, and you know, I love it. Sometimes I'll hear salon owners say like, oh yeah, we made 1.6 this year. And it's like, okay, you made that or you, you, did you gross that? And they're like, oh no. Well, but how much you is know, your payroll? It. Yeah. It, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here's what's wild. It's like we did 1.6 and we netted like a hundred grand. And I'm like, what? Like if you're on Shark Tank, Kevin O'Leary would squash you like the cockpit that you are. <laughs> like that, that is yeah. wild. And so, you know, for our business to do like for Hinsdale, this isn't our FDD, our franchise disclosure document. So, you know, this isn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're talking about this. But for instance, our Hinsdale location last year, if you were the sole owner, you would have netted 190,000 and we only grossed like 650. So, so good. Listen, it's just like, I, so I love when people are like blown drying salons, you can't make money in a blow dry. It's like, mm, I can make money cutting grass if you have the right systems and people in place. So, uh, yeah. anyways, sell, um, that, sell that retail, sell that wine. You got some good yeah, extra, yeah, exactly. you have good extra exactly. cash flow areas too. It's awesome. Correct. correct. So, so, would you mind so speaking when, to So, how- when Corona happened, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, keep, no, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So when Corona happened and, you know, we like middle of March, this was a fun time. So Lindsay and I, we, we built our first home, moved in in February of 2020. And then uh, March, our first daughter was born, Millie, March 24th, right when everything was kicking off. And it was like, all right, go home. And all right, well, now my mom can't stay a week. Her mom can't stay a week. It's just off. YouTube, <laughs> how do we do this? So, um, yeah, it was literally, I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it, it was literally just us and we didn't know what was going to happen, how our business was going to survive. We paused all of our members, the monthly uh, charges those months. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's, that's huge money. And 
you know, our landlords didn't pause the rent. So right. it, it was like, you know, we had to make that decision and, uh, and we, we did that. And we did, we thought we did a really great job of communicating with our team during COVID, during that lockdown. So we didn't get too disconnected. And also just so we could be a light in their lives to calm them, reassure them, you know, social media, media in general can be a beautiful thing, can be a dangerous thing. And, you know, our girls, they're younger, they're like 19 to 23. And so it, it, it was just so sad that they are having to deal with something like this early on in their lives and, and in their career. So when we came back, we came back and, you know, we had all these great systems in place from sanitation and how we were going to book clients and stagger. And in Illinois, we really were never in jeopardy from a capacity standpoint. Uh, just were you we had- um, closed for a long period of time? Because I know like we my lockdown closed, was shorter than yours. Yeah, we were closed March 17th through, uh, we got to come back May 29th. Okay, this is about the same then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but, you know, for our business model, if you think about it, so our business model is not special occasion. If our business model was just, oh, you're here to get your hair done because you have a wedding to go to, we'd get crushed. We we wouldn't have a business. So our business model, yeah, we have clients that they come twice a week for their blowout. It's part of their routine. It's part of the ritual. But it is a chunk of our business. So when there was no prom and no homecoming and weddings were getting canceled, charity events. You know, our business, when we came back, was probably operating about 50% of what it was. So, and and that's the case with our staff. You know, when we came back, our Hinsdale location specifically, we uh, had seven stylists. And from the time we came back in May till about a week ago, we went down to two stylists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that had, we've always prided ourselves, you know, we've never had the kind of turnover where, and I heard you talk about this on one of your other podcasts, um, you know, sometimes, you know, they, people, they may leave just because, or because they're like, I'm out of here. But we, we really, in the five years we've had our company, we've never had a, a team member say to us, you know what, this place isn't what you said it was going to be. I'm out of here. Nine friends. Peace. Like we, we, we've never had that. Um, Did you just say nine, nine friends? Yeah. Nine, nine friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> bye. No longer 10. Uh, bye. I'm out of here and I'm taking my blow dryer. So yeah, we've never had that. We've never experienced mass turnover like that. So across all three of our locations, let's see, we lost seven out of Hinsdale. We lost two out of Naperville. We lost two out of Deer Park. So it's like half our, half of our uh, workforce gone. And what was really discouraging for me is, and I know this might sound crazy, nobody left to go to another salon. And I know that's like, well, no, that's a good thing, right? Like now they're not across the street. It's like, no, 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 I get that. But for me, it broke my heart because they left the beauty industry. I think this is the greatest industry in the world. I think everything going on, especially now with mental health and all that, we, we are still fighting to provide an escape for our clients and, and for each other. And so when they leave the industry, you know, to, I want to go be a dental assistant or I want to go go back to school and take on debt in a downturned economy. And it's like, what are you doing? Don't do it. Yeah. Um, but it happened. And for me, you know, what's wild from a recruiting standpoint, I, I feel like we do really well 
And I think part of that's obviously my background working at, at, you know, for Paul Mitchell schools for seven years and just having kind of my finger on the pulse in the beauty school world. I can't get in the schools. I, I can't go and do it. I have to do a Zoom. Imagine me and my energy on a Zoom call. I think I scare these kids. I, I hope they want to do hair after her. Um, yeah. I was just like, Mr. Energy and Mr. You know, just please, we need you. But yeah, it was just, it's very different. However, and not to go too far down the rabbit hole, the people we lost, not all, but a, I would say 95% of the team we lost, it ended up being a really good thing. You know, like I said, we were rocking and rolling before Corona, but mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we're the, the heart and soul, the culture piece was missing. It, it started to feel like we were just turning and churning, mm-hmm. you know, blowouts. And I'm a big believer if, if you're in this because of what you do, you're going to struggle. It, it has to be about why you're doing it. And so I think we lost a little bit of that. But since we've come back, it's been, it's been amazing. Like, I know, I know. Oh, we're operating at 50% less. Oh, we hope they pass another stimulus because what do we do? I get all that. And, and yeah, that's looming. That's out there. But wow, how amazing has this been to kind of take a step back, kind of pause momentarily. And mm-hmm. when you're shampooing your client, hey, I have a few extra minutes. We got more than a few extra minutes. Um, but uh, I have a few extra minutes. Do you care if I give you a longer scalp massage? And the client who's been coming to us for four years, oh my gosh, nobody's ever asked me that. Of course. And just taking this time to reconnect with our clients, you know, on a personal level, it's been amazing. And so, like I said, we have two stylists in uh, and they always joke, if you ever see me blow drying hair, you know it's really hit the fan. <laughs> Run. <laughs> so, hey, you have um, your license. I have a license. I know, I know. I try, I try. Lindsay you have doesn't license. Enough, but that's okay. I still love her. <laughs> um, so we just hired three new team members at our Hinsdale location. We just hired another girl to our Deer Park location. It's And it's here's the thing. I don't care if they blow dry hair with their toes from a technical standpoint. They're good people. I trust in our education and training. We will, Lindsay will get them from A to B. But the fact that we have good people that are going to add to the culture and not take away from it, it's a godsend. It really, it's just, it's been great. So yeah, so, you know, like I said, Corona, it, it, it hit us in more ways than one. But from a staffing standpoint, we're getting the opportunity to rebuild this thing the way we really wanted. Whereas before, when we first opened, think about this, we opened three locations in less than a year. I was like, you have a heartbeat. You have a heartbeat. Uh, Okay, you can start. You can start. You know, I mean, it was like Mm -hmm. I was trying to staff three locations. And we were really fortunate because, you know, even though we were kind of mass hiring, we had a, a lot of really great people. And even those who've left us, you know, a good chunk of them, it's like, they'll always be a part of what they helped create. You know, they, they were really great. Yeah. So, um, but now we get to rebuild this thing. So we're looking forward to that. I, you know, my wife, Lindsay, she does all of our training. She's literally been in training since October 12th and she's going to be in training probably through middle of December, you know, and it's, it's a lot because she's training Tuesday through Friday and she's behind the chair on Saturday. It's, it's a lot, but I said, listen, we got to do it because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we might not get another shot of this. Right. Well, and I think that there's something to be said because how your business is a few years old, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that I 
worked with a couple clients during COVID and one was one of them in particular has had this new business they just started last year. And then someone else has been about 10 years in and the reset, the longer you go is pretty difficult. And so I think I love that your perspective is that it was an opportunity to rebuild culture and team because when are you going to get that again? And there is kind of a writing the ship and a little bit of a like, you have people that are there that they were probably thinking about doing something else anyway. And so, yeah, yeah. So it stinks for the, it stinks that they all kind of were like, I don't feel secure in this industry or whatever their deal was. Yeah. It's it kind of gave you this like start over. And honestly, I mean, from a business perspective, if they're gonna do that and then your payroll costs are lower during a really challenging time, like sure. it's helpful. So let's go back in time yeah. a little bit to the beginning of your business and talk yeah. about just how you guys decided to do this. Cause it's hard and not everyone can open a business. Not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur and you, I mean, yeah. we worked together, gosh, 12 years ago and got to see a lot mm-hmm. of startup stuff going on. And so, and we're constantly around different entrepreneurs, but we know it's not for everyone. It can make you really insecure and feel unstable in your footing. Yeah. And so what are some things that came to the surface for you and for Lindsay when you started? Is Lindsay here? Lindsay, are you here too? I'm here. Yes. Awesome. So we, Frank Sorry, mentioned that's, that's our- my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my turn to talk? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anytime we do a guest artist at a beauty school, this is always how it goes. I'm like waiting to start Sorry. hair on a model. And I'm like, we're 45 minutes into guest artist before I can like <laughs> start. Um, yeah. But it's totally fine. Frank <laughs> mentioned we had a baby in March and she's with me. So if you hear a little crying, that's just Millie. It's not Frank not getting his turn to talk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Wait. I guess so, I'll go first. Me? Yeah, I want to hear from you, Lindsay. Yeah. As far as insecurities go, I guess, you know, I had started my career really passionate about the beauty industry and doing hair, loved people, loved my clients. I was in the salon for a little over five years and I had worked really hard and built up my book. I was finally at a place where I had like a really strong clientele. I loved my clientele. I was working with my best friends. And then Frank, and he can explain how this all started, had, you know, this opportunity for 10 friends had come up. But before that, even Frank was wanting to open our own salon. And that was always a dream of mine, but I felt like the timing was so bad. Like we were just about to get married. My focus was totally on planning a wedding and all this stuff. And I was like, why can't we just wait? And um, 10 friends kind of fell in our lap. And at the time it was an opportunity for Frank. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing it. I am not like, (laughs) I have my clientele. I love my job. I love my coworkers. You, this is fine. You can leave your job and do it, but I'm not doing it. And then about five minutes later, I left my job and joined. And it was more of one of those things. Like, I think it was just like, I am a creature of habit. I was really comfortable. And I feel like that's a lot of my upbringing was it's like, okay, if it's not broke, don't fix it. If you're comfortable, you have a stable income, just leave well enough alone. And I feel mm-hmm. like Frank is you know, he's a big dreamer in a really good way. Not like he, you know, has unrealistic dreams, but he just saw the bigger picture and he was kind of like, this is our time. Like we don't have kids, you know, we just got married or we're just about to get married. And what do we have to lose? 
and he literally said, what do we have to lose our house? And I was like, uh, yeah, that's kind of a big thing. I don't yeah. know if I love you as much as newlyweds inside of a cardboard box. So for me, I was definitely more apprehensive and fearful just of like the unknown and like, what if this doesn't work? And I don't know, Frank just had this like crazy confidence from day one, like, I don't know, confidence in us and in the business model and everything like that. So I definitely had to be convinced a little bit more. And once we started, it was just like everything started to fall into place really, really well. And yeah, I knew very, very quickly on that it was the right move for sure. And for the first five years, I feel like as a leader, I probably had a lot more confidence maybe sometimes than I should have. Um, I think I was just young and excited. And I feel like my insecurities went away quickly after starting, but came back quickly due to COVID. And yeah, I don't know if, I think I had a lot of change in my life at one time. It was like, we moved, which wasn't a huge deal, but it was becoming a mom for the first time. I feel Mm -hmm. like that changed my perspective on a lot of things. And then we got hit with a pandemic and all that. And so I felt like becoming a mom changed me for the better, but it also brought on like this new level of like anxiety and stuff Mm -hmm. that I never had before. And I was like, gosh, sometimes I miss that young woman in business who like had no fear, but I think we're definitely getting back to that. And like Frank said, getting the right butts in the right seats and getting some new staff in that's excited and passionate about the industry rather than people who are just looking for a job. It's like the past few weeks have made such a big difference. And we looked at ourselves and we were like, we will never again hire people just to hire people. And if there's people in our salon that aren't good fits, we're going to take care of that a lot quicker than we did because it made it hard on us. Like we, it stressed us out. It stressed the other staff out. Mm -hmm. And then the second we, those people left, the rest of the staff was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. There's such a weight Mm -hmm. off our shoulders. And we felt such an immediate difference. And it's like, that was a really big learning curve for us. It was like, follow your instinct. And if it doesn't feel right, and you don't have those right people in your salon, no matter if you're busy and you need the manpower, it's not worth it. It's a detriment in the long run. And that was a really big Mm -hmm. lesson for us. And I feel like I've come out of that a little bit more confident, but while we were dealing with that, I don't know. I just felt like really insecure. And I think it was just having people who weren't on our side and on our team, but were still working for us at the same time. It just wasn't a good feeling. So it feels feels pretty bad. Yeah. And you have, I mean, when you think about those people, even if you felt in your gut, like, oh my gosh, we just have to fill these chairs. Like if you could go back. Yeah and speak to yourself, would you be like, it's not really worth it. Like, I don't care if there's just two of us having bad juju in there. Yeah. Because too, I mean, for us, it's, um, you know, it's a productivity thing as well. I mean, I know you said that, Hey, when you guys came back, your payroll was a lot lower and it's like, Oh yeah, that helped. But our productivity was lower too. So it doesn't make sense. We're team-based, we're team-based strategy salon. So we're not commissioned. Mm -hmm. So we can't just have seven people there and there's only eight clients. So, yeah, but, um, it, and, and just kind of quickly to kind of piggyback what Lindsay said, and I, I haven't really heard this talked about yet on any of your other uh, podcasts, but one of the hardest things for us, again, it wasn't kind of money thing. It's not that it was when we came back and these people left, you know, you hear about like, oh, you don't want to take work home with you, but like, how do you not, it was just, how did we not take this like a personal attack? 
Like we tried so hard to bring this company from the fricking brink and here we are and we're doing it. And every month we've been back, we've been busier. Seriously, every month we've been back, we're getting, we're getting back. And then they're like, oh yeah, peace out. And for me, I'm a cancer and I'm a very emotional person. And so I'm like, we just built a house. We just had a baby and you're going to leave us. You're going to do that to us. How could you have, you no soul. And it was like, you've also got that Italian core, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. But, but I think for me, the biggest piece of discovery, and this is kind of a lifelong thing. I have a tendency to internalize things like this and role play it. You know, I I mean, I, I, I should have an Oscar at some point with all these amazing role plays I've had in my head, but nothing ever plays out the way I have it in my head. And for me, being an entrepreneur, you know, we can sometimes live in a, it's a what if world as an entrepreneur. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if, what if, what if, what if, and creates a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress, a lot of just counter productivity. Whereas I feel like really strong entrepreneurs live in that if then world. Well, if everybody leaves, then we're going to hit the ground running, do a lot of Zoom calls with these beauty schools. We're going to stalk people on Instagram and um, we're going to hire some people. We've done that. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my, my, the biggest aha of this and just being an entrepreneur in general, there's a lot of what ifs, but for anybody listening who, whether you're seasoned or you're thinking about doing your own business or you're a newer entrepreneur, you have to have the discipline to live in an if-then world and surround yourself with people who are if-then yes. people versus what if. But I'm not perfect. It happens. Yes, yes, Lindsay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Well, and I also that, think that, there's a little bit of that like fight or flight, right? As a business yeah, totally. owner and an entrepreneur, you yeah. have to have that fight. Like it's so easy when things get hard and it hits the fan. It's so easy to just be like, okay, I want to walk away. It's hard. So I'm just going to walk away. And we, I've, I've had times with this. Frank's had times with this where we're both like, it would be so much easier if we just, you know, had our own booth rental or our own salon suite. And I just did my own thing. Or if I just did this and it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that would be easier, but is easy as best. So as an entrepreneur, when those thoughts come in your head, it's like, you have to shut them down, but you have to have that fight mode. You can't have that. You can't go into flight. You know, you can't just be willing to throw the towel in at any, any time it gets hard. You have to like dig your heels in and be like, okay, this is hard, but good things come out of hard situations. A lot of growth comes out of hard situations. And right now it sucks, but I know in the long run, it's going to be better. And you have to just maintain that fight. And it's hard when it happens. I mean, especially when I'll be so honest, we had five years of like, I I don't want to say easy street, but yeah, compare. I mean, it was like, Compared to this, we were getting, right? yeah, we were getting busier yeah. and busier and busier. And it's like, this is the best thing ever. So you have to be dedicated to it when it's easy and great. And when it's hard and tough and honestly, COVID really, really forced us to look at our business in a different way. And I keep saying even our personal lives too, there's so many things that we would not have pivoted in our business if COVID never happened. You know, we would have just stayed doing the same thing. You know, we would have growth every year, but maybe not as much as we could potentially have. Um, We would have kept the same people in the salon that probably shouldn't have been there. Mm -hmm. And we would have just been, you know, slightly on the uphill and kind of doing the same stuff. Whereas this has, has forced us to 
kind of shake the tree a little bit, get some new staff in. It also allowed us to look at our business a little bit differently and pivot our business a bit. And that will help us even post COVID. So yeah, it made us get a little bit uncomfortable, but I think we are noticing some growth and we will notice growth in the long run out of being uncomfortable. So I guess I don't have any regrets and I don't, mm-hmm. yeah, COVID stinks. Do I, am I like, I'm so glad it happened. Definitely not, but we got to take it and make the most out of it. And we're trying to do our best to fight with it and make positives in the long run too. Yeah. I think it's, it accelerated a lot of lessons for a lot of people. Like it's lessons that you would have learned in your business eventually, probably. Right. Or people would have laughed. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Totally. So Frank, you were talking about, I mean, for both of you, emotional response, like trying not to take things personally, because in my last episode um, with Nicole, she was talking about like, if you expect your staff to be like, great spreadsheet, you're doing a great job. Awesome. Or like a thank you. I mean, there's provisions even I personally have put in place for my staff that I'm not required to put in place at all financially. And I've just been like, are we going to get a thank you? Like, I don't know, <laughs> you know? And I, yeah. I think there yeah. are these moments for me personally, and you can speak to this for you guys, but you get in a chance to see what comes out, which can be really ugly, and then decide who you are. So like, who are you going to be when someone leaves? What does that say about you? What does that say about 10 friends? How do you handle when they leave. And so, I mean, I've been in situations personally where that's been handed, handled really poorly. And I've been like unfriended on Facebook by bosses and like whatever. So who, <laughs> you know, where I've been treated badly for like leaving the group or whatever, um, when really I just needed to make changes in my own life. It wasn't about them at all. So for you and for Lindsay, who are you now when someone leaves? Like what decisions have you made with that? I think for me, and this is just for me, obviously before, if somebody were to leave, I felt definitely jaded about it. You know, this, how could you leave Disney World? This is, we're Disney World. It's sunshine and rainbows every day and you're leaving? Good luck. Never. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Need a recommendation? Ain't happening, sister. Um, So, you know, that's kind of was my mentality. Uh, And I think because we put our heart and soul into it. And because we put our heart and soul into it, um, it's like, how, like, you know, we've done so many things for our team. And that's the other, you know, it's like, I feel like the manipulative father, I do so much for you. (laughs) So, but it's true. Like, you know, we decided not to be commission-based. We we decided to be a team-based strategy salon. Pre-COVID, we were doing 401k. We were matching up to 4%. We implemented paid vacation. Um, we pay for their education and, and then team rewards. Like when we make our goal, like there's so much that we invested into our team, not even just from a salon communication structure with strategies, but also just from a marketing standpoint, everything we mm-hmm. would do to get people in the chair. You know, if you're a 1099 contractor, you bet your butt, you got to go stand at the train, hand out business cards or approach the lady who's buying tortillas at the grocery store. I'd love to do your hair. Here's my card. Awkward. Uh, we don't require that. We generate those clients for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it was such a, the flip is for me now, I look at it like, we will give them all the love and support that we can when they're with us. And when it's time for them to go, it's time for them to go. And, and that's okay. It's, it's okay because we're going to be okay. We've clearly proven that. So that's 
kind of my, my little 10% shift. I just look at, you know, cause again, before it was, I, I want to give them my all, but I can't because they're going to leave and they're going to burn me at some point. And, and yeah. you know, this mentality of everybody leaves, everybody leaves. So why yeah, they give do. them your all, right? And they yeah, do, and yeah. they do, and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, I once heard uh, a mentor of mine say, uh, you know, m- we might be a stepping stone for some, and we might be a final destination for others. And I never totally jived with that because I thought, what? Like, if, on one hand, it was like, well, why do you want to be a stepping stone? Like, why as a company would you say like we're cool being a stepping stone? Like for me, I'm like, no, I want you to die here. I want you to be here so long. Your urn is like at our front desk, like here lies Lauren. Um, <laughs> like that was, that was like how I want it to be. Like don't ever leave yeah. Probably yeah. Da- daddy issues or something. But um, yeah, that was kind of my mentality. But, but I get it. Like the world goes round and we'll be okay. But I think now I look at it, like I hope those that have, come and gone, the ones who've gone, they can look back and say, you know what? I had a really great experience there. And, you know, we have some that come in for blowouts, you know, and that, that feels good. So I think it's putting your focus and energy and, and yeah, just going all for it. Just knowing like, Hey, if they leave that's that's their decision. But as long as we knew we, we did everything we could, we gave them all the love and support. And I don't know that we had done that before when people were leaving, that we were just more like taken aback. Uh, by that. But anyway, that's, that's it's hard not answer. to take it. It's hard not to take it personal when you put your blood, sweat right. and tears and everything into the business. Like when that's your focus all the time, it's your livelihood. When somebody leaves, it's mm-hmm. like how, you know, it's hard not to take it personal. But I think Lauren, you totally said it when you were like, I've had to leave places before. And it's not about the company. It's about needing personal growth for myself. And sometimes it's so hard, like as a business owner to take a step back and like, look at them as a person, not just a piece of your company and be like, okay, so maybe it's not about us. Maybe they need personal growth and I can't take this personally, but it's, it's so hard sometimes to take a step back and look at it from a distance and, you know, realize maybe it's not just about us. It's, I mean, every time somebody quits, I'm like, okay, what could we have done better? Are we like, what should we have done differently? Are we bad leaders? Are we bad bosses? It's a bad company. It's like, it's not always about what you didn't do, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's where we get the opportunity to decide who we are. And then also, I think, like financially, because we invest in training these people, we invest in putting money into them. And there's this point where we have to make peace with that and be like, that's something that comes along with the business. Are you Because you could get really bitter. And then for your people that are going to be there with you for life, you end up spending less or not investing in them as much because you're afraid they might leave and your investment might go wrong. And it's just not a great place to be sitting running a business from because then everyone feels it. So this was such a good conversation. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing everything about just essentially what's been happening during COVID and the lessons you've learned. I think it was really amazing. Is there anything you want to say before we hop off? I don't Um, think so. Thanks for doing this. I think this is so awesome that you're doing this for the industry. And this is just really, really cool because I don't feel like we connect with other business owners enough. And sometimes we go through the hardships alone and it's Mm -hmm. good to have that support of others. Yeah. Thanks so much. But it's true. If you don't know, I think that's one thing that happens with our industry too. And you guys might be able to speak to this a little bit is that we become this island as owners unto ourselves and we're scared to like 
connect and share things with other people, especially if they're competition our competition or close by. And I'm like, we can't do that. Like we need that collective wisdom. Otherwise we're going to like not do well. <laughs> so, um, where can people find you online? What's Remind us the name of your salon or people find you on Instagram. So the name of our salon is 10 friends, blow dry and style house. You can find us on Instagram at 10 friends. We also just started a bridal business. So we have our 10 friends bridal page as well. We are also on Facebook under 10 friends, blow dry and style house. And, and Lindsay and I started our own website. It's still new. It's it's called salon road. I love the name. (laughs) It's just a, it's, it's more of a blog. It's, it's still new, but we're going to start doing uh, virtual coaching. That's one of the things we've been doing kind of on the side, not even just with quarantine, but even before quarantine, just helping local salons, whether they're chair rental or uh, commission or team-based. And uh, But Salon Road, it's kind of like a, we want to make it a one-stop shop for industry professionals, you know, things like that to get help with resources and whatnot. But uh, yes, salonroad.com. Awesome. Well, find them online, follow them, check out their blog. And if you're in the Chicago area, in Naperville, Hinsdale, or Deer Park, that where you're at now, um, mm-hmm. pop in and yeah, have an yeah. experience because I think that there's much to be learned from the way that they approach hospitality. Thanks, Frank and Lindsay. Have a great rest of your day. Oh, Thank you, thanks Lauren. Thanks so much. I absolutely loved catching up with Frank and Lindsay. That was so fun. I loved his um, his honesty about everything that was going to happen and all of the ways that they've had to change due to COVID and where they're at right now. I think that that's so pivotal and amazing and I really, really appreciate their honesty, and I hope to have them on again. A little background, so I was the first employee hired to open a Paul Mitchell school in Chicago back in 2007, and Frank was a part of that opening team, and we were able to worked together for a while and get to know each other really, really well. And as I mentioned, he was at my wedding. And then his wife, I knew separately from growing up with her family at church. And so I met her when she was a little kid. And so they actually met at the place that we worked and now um, are on this journey together. So that is super, super fun. So again, check their place out. Check out 10 Friends. I love the distinction that they were talking about between customer service and hospitality. I think that's such an inspiration to everyone, whether you're in skin or nails or fitness or you are in the salon or blow dry industry. What can you do? Customer service is something right now that's expected but how can we make people have that Ritz-Carlton level experience in our space that really gives that added value and makes them feel cared for? And how can we do it every guest, every time? That's a little homework for you this week. If you saw yourself in anything Frank was saying, which I think most of us do, like what is happening, we are, you know, mid-COVID, I would like to say, we don't really know when this is gonna be over. 
And if you're struggling, if you aren't having as many positive outcomes as we were talking about, if you aren't sure how to rebudget, how to reallocate money within your space, kind of lost employees and you don't know who you are right now, I would love to talk with you. If you head over to leadtothink.com, you can book yourself into my calendar and we can spend about 45 minutes just talking through the areas of need that you have. I set a few appointments aside each week for owners that are just like you that just need help exactly where they are. Again, that's leadtothink.com. I'll see you on the next episode.